So, as you will recall, although none of you have heard it at the time of recording, Yair and I discussed the films of Paul Schrader in depth. However, things have changed, and... Big things. Yeah, we like to uh, change our opinions in accordance with the facts, don't we? When when the facts change, we change our positions, too. Is that not how exactly. ev- evidence-based <laughs> policy-making works? <laughs> so basically, yeah, we've watched a few more films. We've so, watched more uh, Paul Schrader. Schrader. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if my opinion has actually hugely changed, but. Yeah. You know. Yeah, my opinion on him hasn't developed. changed either. Yeah, no, not, not, not in the slightest, in fact. Um, so. But at uh, least we're more knowledgeable now, though. Yeah. I mean, can we clear up a couple of things that I don't think were very clear in the last recording? Because yeah, I think that's I, a good idea. Yeah, recently I haven't been feeling well, so I was just a little bit out of it when we did that, and so I, I wasn't firing mm. all the cylinders, and I, I missed a few beats. But basically, when we were talking about the dying of the light compared to dark, I asked you if in dark Mohammed Banir dies. Yes. And what did you say to that at the time? I said I was not sure. Yeah. Or I had no idea, or something like that. Exactly, yeah. and what I said, I got carried away because I said that what happens in Dark, the crazy 2001 Space Odyssey trip sequence, <laughs> yeah. um, actually, more than a Space Odyssey, what it reminded me of, as I said at the time, was Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story by Todd Haynes, mm, um, the yeah. scene where she's dying on anorexia meds. But anyway, I got so carried away thinking of the superlative artistic qualities of Superstar of a Karen Carpenter story that I forgot to say that what happens in The Dying of the Light is actually in keeping with the film being a really really prosaic version of the story told in Dark what happens in The Dying of the Light is that Nicolas Cage's character Evan Lake kills Mohammed Bunir by stabbing him in the eye so (laughs) there's not really much room left for doubt in The Dying of the Light as to what happens to the nefarious Mohammed Bunir I don't know, I reckon I could take a knife to the eye (laughs) (laughs) walk uh, it off, walk it off Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. We know who the hard left are in the you know, ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were all right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalising without compensation sort of hard left wing position hard sort of left the hard 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 left hard left hard left the hard left the hard left hard left hard left hard left the hard left hard left the hard left hard left hard left hard left the hard left the hard left the hard left the left the hard left the left the hard left the hard left the hard
So what are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about the work of writer, director, I think he's mainly a writer and director, Yeah. Paul Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, great stuff. Lo love his films. Alright, alright, alright. That said, I had to do a lot of catching up for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I've been catching up with a fair bit of Schrader as well. I've definitely uh, multiplied the amount of his films that I've seen. Autofocus. I haven't actually seen that one. It's about Bob Crane, who was the main character on, you know, that show Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. The, um, I guess, like, just, like, comedy Nazis? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just about him. And how him and his mate John Henry Carpenter, no relation to John Carpenter, the famous <laughs> director, played by Willem Dafoe, just love to hang out and have sex loads and loads and video it and have more sex and sort of have a <laughs> kind of unspoken homoerotic tension between the two of them as they have lots of sex with lots of women. What's that on my ass? What's what? Freeze it. Can, can you do that? Not for long. The image becomes unstable. Freeze it, right there. What the hell is that on my ass? That is my hand. Rubbing my ass? So what? Well, you got your fingers up around my cheeks. What the hell are you doing in there, John? It's an orgy, Bob. Fuck you very much. Bob, I said I'm sorry. It's a group grope. And yeah, it's just basically about how Bob Crane is just like addicted to sex. And um, <laughs> yeah, if you, I think you're getting the idea probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a CD Paul Schrader film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the twist is that it's sort of like dog eat dog in that it's just stylized to the mm. hilt. There's various different colorations and like the fucking I think right. the fucking frame rate changes and it just does you know all the tricks all the <laughs> all the dog eat dog stuff the frenetic style of editing surreal moments a little psychedelic yeah yeah like I mean the fact that he's in a show about Nazis for <laughs> you know Paul Schrader obviously plays on that there are some kind of sick Nazi sexual fantasies in it I'm ready for you Hogan what? It'll be a modern marriage. Clinton Schultz can join in too. Come on, Hogan. Fuck me right here. The lighting's perfect. Go for it, Big Daddy. I got you covered. Bob, huh? What do you say? Go ahead. Fuck her, Bob. Go balls deep, Pop. There's obviously bits shot like Hogan's Heroes, like 70s TV shows, some retro stuff, and I haven't seen it in a while, I've been meaning to rewatch it, but it's just a fucking hmm. strange film. It's a bit exhausting, because <laughs> his life falls apart, but because he's having so much sex all the time, and right. it, it just takes over everything else in his life, he just wants to hang out with Willem Dafoe and have sex. So yeah, anyway, autofocus, this sort of good film, very good. It's, it's good. 
that's a keeper. That's a perfect. Like, <laughs> when very got, good film. It's good. It's when good. you got movies like Tom Cruise in them, you can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> These are great movies. When you got movies like Tom Cruise in them, you can't lose. Six bags of popcorn, two sodas. And yeah, also focus, you know, <laughs> it gives you a taste of what is to come with Dog Eat Dog and then 2017's Dark. Now, earlier on, we mentioned Dog Eat Dog. The background behind that film was that Nicolas Cage, friend of the show, and Paul Schrader <laughs> Big uh, time. wanted to collaborate and get it right because they had collaborated two years before and had not got it right. What film was that? Dying of a Light. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah shit. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you follow me. I wasn't sure of the chronology. I didn't know that Dog Eat Dog was more recent. So, yeah, Dog Eat Dog was their reunion because they were so unsatisfied with Dying of a Light. Okay. They had yeah. to do a film together that they didn't both despise. <laughs> so, Dying of a Light was a script that Paul Schrader had. He'd written it. It was going about Hollywood in 2014, I think, and Nicholas Vinding Refn was going to direct it with Harrison Ford in the lead and you know i'm much bigger nicholas cage fan than i am a harrison ford fan so <laughs> you know i'm a bigger paul schrader fan than i am a nicholas vinding refn fan for sure but that could have been interesting anyway the film got made eventually with nicholas cage in the lead and paul schrader himself directing his own script and mm. then in editing the producers saw it. schrader's first cut of the film and they were like uh, don't like this and then they took it away from him and changed it <laughs> so uh... <laughs> it's a great description <laughs> yes I think that's what happened it's, yeah. it's pretty accurate I'm sure yeah they apparently re-scored remixed and re-edited the film and yeah he said they changed the coloration of scenes obviously it's a film where Nicolas Cage goes around the world a bit doing some counter-terrorism and <laughs> when he goes to Africa Mogadishu, Kenya. There's that usual fucking shit music that you hear, like <laughs> the COD Middle Eastern even mode. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't necessarily do it anywhere near the Middle East. They just put this. It's like, it's shit. That is the kind of music that is in the film. I just watched about 40 minutes and then skipped to the ending of Dying of the Light while we were having a break. What break? It was seamless. Yeah. <laughs> so the film is like, it's a spy thriller. It's got a mm. Nicolas Cage in the lead, giving, I think, a committed performance. Uh, yeah. Dying, Dying of the Light, the edit that was released, may have appeared in cinemas at some point. I think it was directed VOD. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Well, it was it was not a successful film commercially, and it did not receive a wide release, I don't think. Possibly because its director and stars didn't want to promote it. It's like a spy thriller where Nicolas Cage has to... Uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> the plot is that Nicholas Cage is a grizzled CIA guy called Evan Lake, and they they do like which is like a Tom Cruise character name, but it's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> it is, isn't it's it? Nicholas Cage, and he's been in the CIA for like thirty years. He has won like 
every medal. He's highly decorated, as Wikipedia says. At the beginning of the film, they show him do a lecture to new members of the CIA, and they reel off his list of honours, and it's like a five-time winner of what's a US military medal? Uh, Award. Distinguished Service Medal. <laughs> like five time winner of the Golden Flag Award. The first person Medal ever. Medal of Honor. <laughs> yeah, the first person ever to receive the distinction of, of valor. So, you know, it, it's literally like that scene in MacGruber where they read off his various <laughs> achievements and they're like, the first person ever to be granted immunity in every country in the world. Lieutenant. It is my pleasure and honor, really, to introduce. This is the legendary MacGruber. Evan Lake. Former Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, and Green Beret. Former Deputy Station Chief, Beirut. Served six tours in Desert Storm. Chief of Station Kabul. Foreign Bosnia. Holder of the Donovan Award. Three each in Angola, Somalia, Mozambique, Nicaragua, and Sierra Leone. The Distinguished Intelligence Medal. Recipient of 16 Purple Hearts. Three Congressional Medals of Honor. Seven Presidential Medals of Bravery. And the only living recipient of the Intelligence Star. And starting tight end for the University of Texas, El Paso. That was a long time ago. And he is obviously great at counter-terrorism. He's like the top guy. He always talks about his strong values. But the problem is... He's getting on a bit. He's, he's got, got like a really aggressive form of dementia. Yeah, he's got frontotemporal dementia, which is a very, very aggressive, as you say, form of dementia. <laughs> you know, as a, <laughs> as a doctor, what I would say about frontal temporal dementia is that it's <laughs> it's a form of dementia. And it's very aggressive. And um, <laughs> it's basically... Frontotemporal. It is also that, yeah. And it's just like eating through him and he keeps kind of being like... And shaking a bit and stuff. <laughs> and he, he like loses his focus. <laughs> and this is in Dying of the Light. It's very kind of prosaic filmmaking. They just fucking stick the camera there. And there might be a bit of... not Well, either Middle Eastern music or just, you know, standard fucking stock music boring orchestral shit yeah but basically yeah they just point the camera and nicholas cage does acting and it's it's a film that relies <laughs> very heavily on nicholas cage's acting which is fine if you're a cage fan i found that his performance is committed enough that it keeps me somewhat engaged in the film because like mm. there's not much else to go on really if nicholas cage is not there doing his thing it's a bit like an episode of 24 yeah and of course the antagonist also has a disease that's killing yeah exactly that's what the title obviously refers to dying of the light they're mm. both raging against the dying of the light mm. nick there's evan lake played by nicholas cage and then there is his arch nemesis Mohammed Banir, who, 22 years ago, during an op in Africa, tortured Nicolas Cage and he mutilated his ear. And now Nicolas Cage is, like, really, really pissed off about that still he's just he's he's just not letting it go he's he, he's he's real petty being a real john mccain about it yeah exactly what an asshole <laughs> r.i.p r.i.p george h.w bush rest in peace <laughs> the angels now everyone thinks that muhammad banir is dead that he was killed in an explosion when the cia rescued cage however 
Cage thinks that he's alive. He doesn't seem to have much reason for this. He's just like, no, he's, he's definitely <laughs> he is, alive. He is. He didn't see a head when the explosion happened. That's why. He, <laughs> because the body they saw didn't have a head. He's like, it's not him. Well, I mean, he turns out to be right, to be fair. But uh, yeah. Or is he? Yeah, he is, I think. I better make it pretty clear. Is he? I thought it was meant to be sort of ambiguous. I'm in the weird place of having never seen Dying of the Light and only having seen dark. Maybe we should explain what dark is before we go on and, <laughs> and carry on with the plot of Dying of a Light slash Dark. The film was taken away from Paul Schrader, and so in 2017, when he finished First Reformed, he went to the studio and was like, hey, can I re-edit Dying of a Light and make it so it isn't really pedestrian and boring? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, it's cool, man. He was like, I'll do it out of my own pocket and everything. And they're like, man, that's cool, right, okay, just go to the producers and see what they say. And then he went to the producers and they were like, you fucking prick, how dare you come here after <laughs> after the way you conducted yourself during the making of Dying of the Light. How dare you come to me and ask me this. Fuck you, get out of here. Fuck yourself. You come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married and you ask me to murder money. Ask you for justice. And Paul Schrader was like, okay, well, fuck you then. And he went and got all his, like, shitty quality DVDs of the, <laughs> from the shoot. Test DVDs? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Very far from end quality stuff. You know? Yeah, but what he also did was he just got the Blu ray of the film that was commercially released and edited bits of that yeah. in as well. <laughs> so some bits of it are, like, decent quality and some of it is. I mean, sometimes it's supposed to look bad i guess i mean sometimes it is yeah it's really grainy i've got to say as i say it's incredibly didactic filmmaking but the dying of the light plot wise is a lot easier to follow dark is more interesting i think there's much more there to dig into but Mm. i wouldn't have minded seeing what schrader could have done if he had actual good quality HD footage of, of all the yeah. film and just because he couldn't even strip music away from the scenes he couldn't remix them yeah <laughs> but I mean given that that is an impressive kind of hurdle to overcome and still make a film out of it yeah and I think it works to its credit in some ways when you're forced into a really lo-fi position you can be very experimental with things which I felt like Dark was off the wall man like you say it, it, it's kind of hard to follow at times and there's this very real feeling I had at least through most of the film maybe I'm misremembering the end but that you never really know quite how much of it is real and how much of it's in his head you know yeah exactly and Um, the dying of the light is not like that it's just like here is Nicolas Cage who has this illness he's mm. doing this stuff in which loses a lot of the poetry for me exactly Um, it's not poetic at all it's prosaic if you compare the scenes Paul Schrader in dark cuts between scenes whereas it's such a kind of dodgy here is a scene here is a scene here (laughs) is a scene the example that i would go with is when he's in his office clearing out his stuff and he's just having a go at the security guys who are taking him out when mm. the CIA are like willing. They learn about his illness yeah, and all that. Uh, yeah. Because you've got frontotemporal dementia. That bit is just played out as a scene in The Dying of the Light. In Dark, you see little bits of it cut in with the scene where they're telling him. Mm. And again, in Dying of the Light, they just let that scene run. Right. 
in dark a much shorter film oh not that much shorter about 20 minutes shorter i suppose he was mostly having to do cuts rather than add things wasn't he (laughs) it is just much more engaging filmmaking and it is just a shame Mm. that this couldn't be made with the proper resources but who knows if that would have forced him into a similar style of editing i reckon it would have been more like doggy dog and autofocus mm. i think from his other films yeah there definitely would have been a surreal sort of element to it regardless yeah. but i think the fact that he was forced to just make cuts that's also tightening it makes it better getting the screwdriver out and tighten a screw here and a bolt there and whatever yeah like i say some of the seams don't need to be that you don't need to just let it run and then they do this yeah that would have been so boring you're right yeah the ending for example is a good point comparison so here's a question for you having only seen dark does evan lake kill Mohammed Manir. I have no idea. (laughs) There you go. Who the fuck knows in Dark? Because it turns into the end of Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, when the Barbie doll Karen Carpenter has taken all the anorexia medicine and is dying. It just goes into this nightmarish trip and he's like fucking atrocities footage and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then at the end, they have the same final shot as Dying of a Light, which is of Mm. Evan Lake's grave. But you don't know what the fuck happens in Dark because once he gets there, it's pretty clear him and Mohammed Banir are both on the way out. So it's kind of yeah, like... Yeah, neither of them are really leaving that room. Yeah, um, exactly. Which, in order to make a weird sort of transition, and we can come back to Dying of Light in Dark, but in First Reformed, that was yeah. one of the things that really moved me about the ending was he's dying no matter yeah. what. It's guaranteed he's going to die and he's not leaving that room. Like you said, the famous quote you know rage against the dying of the light schrader seems to be trying to in both these films he seems to be trying to capture that sensation just before whatever yeah (laughs) well i mean he's an old man now he must be in his 70s and he is not Mm. going away quietly (laughs) we can talk about some of the ridiculous shit he's saying online (laughs) later but yeah he's still making films that don't always succeed but are an attempt to do something original and challenging and first reformed is a film that is much more successful a schrader script and directorial vehicle than dying for light of course he wrote first reformed it couldn't have been written by anyone else like yeah it's unmistakably a paul schrader lonely man screenplay god's mm. lonely man very literally in this case yes <laughs> yeah there's just interesting stuff in schrader's filmography there's stuff mm. that kind of screams out and intrigues you quite often kind of sex related stuff but also kind of shit <laughs> like the environmental and religious themes of first reformed the religious themes of hardcore as well as the uh, sex related themes of hardcore the, <laughs> the political themes of mishima the sex related yes. themes of mishima you know <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff in his filmography and another thing about the dying of the light is that it's got this whole thing of nicholas cage really fucking pissed about the way the cia is going he's like you fucked iraq you fucked benghazi <laughs> you fucked libya damn it there is a concern that you could become a liability to the agency Fuck you. Calm down. I'm a liability? You fucked this up just like you fucked up everything else. Fucked up Iran-Contra, fucked up Ames, fucked up 9-11, fucked up WMD, Afghanistan, Iraq, Benghazi. Not you yourself, of course, no. 
No, you're just the latest in a long line of fuck-ups who've turned this agency into a cesspool of politics and special interests on behalf of the weapons makers and the surveillance industry who get richer while we get weaker. Mr. Lake. I could... I've forgotten more about this agency than you'll ever know. Who put you up to this, huh? Who's got their hand in your pocket now? I've seen a million people like you. A million people. You've got your head so far up Obama's ass, you can't see anything except a shit anymore. Shame on you. Shame on you. It does also sort of beg the question, weren't you working with them then? Yeah. Is it that, like, you fucked them up. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I guess he was during Iraq, because, yeah, they say he's been working uh, yeah, on the desk some... for, like, six years. He fucked Iraq. Complicit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he does the speech at the start about, the CIA is fucking still stuck in the Cold War, dragging its ass out of the gutter of fighting communism. And mm. Yeah, he clearly doesn't think much of the way the CIA is going. What the hell are you doing here? Haven't you heard? The CIA fell from the Berlin Wall and all the president's men can't put it back together again. It's broke. Not reliable, not trustworthy, can't stand up to the White House. Backstabbers. Watching porn, tapping phones. Best and brightest, quit or retired. What in the name of Jesus Christ nailed to the cross? Are you doing here? Because you heard the call. That's why. Your future spread out before you like a cruise ship buffet. You were teaching in a classroom, working in a kitchen, training in a gym, and you heard the call. For some, it was adventure. For some, mystique. For all, it was 9-11, and you heard the call, and it was the call of duty and love of country. Why? Because you have values! Yeah, what is Schrader's fucking political point there, I wonder? Like, is it they've lost their sense of honour at the CIA, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of toppling third world hunters, they're toppling third world hunters. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when Cage is screaming to his sort of sidekick, who's played by the late <laughs> Anton Yelchin, who died in a car accident oh, really? not long after this film. Yeah, man. I was going to say, young-looking yeah. guy. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. was an old age that got him. No, but Nicolas Cage is, like, really pissed off about having frontotemporal dementia. And he's like, <laughs> Why me? Why fucking me? I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I want to know something. Were they asking about me? Uh, not to me directly, but yeah. You're angry. Not at them. Well, actually, maybe at them, but this whole damn thing. Why me? Why the fuck me? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> wait, hang on. How long did you say you've been in the CIA? <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> 30 fucking years like he was there I only tried to assassinate Castro 10 times it's fine <laughs> yeah he's just there like fucking funneling guns to the Contras like, you know. <laughs> selling crack to kids you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just him flying the plane with all the crack in, like, taking directly into south central Los Angeles <laughs> 
some GTA shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that film American Made with Tom Cruise, which I watched yesterday. Didn't really enjoy it actually. It's made in quite a boring, ugly-looking kind of shape. The camera around a bit, fucking shitty way. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like it. I liked Edge of Tomorrow for Tom Cruise. Action I, I need to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's pretty good. Well, you know, when you have. Movie. For what it is, yeah. <laughs> when you have movies like Tom Cruise in them, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I guess we've talked quite a bit about Paul Schrader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. We did do that. And yeah. I gotta say, there's still some Schrader films I'm gonna check out, even though we've already done the episodes. Oh, yeah. Like Autofocus and uh, a few of the others you mentioned. Light Sleeper, Happy Man to Catch. Yeah, that's good. Cat People, of course. Comfort of Strangers is really Still good. being a bit hit and miss Pirate Bay for me. I don't know. Oh, really? The good, good news is, is we are back up to the golden number on Patreon. Oh, 69, are we? Yes. Hey! Yep. I was like, yeah, maybe we should record so long that we get a 69 <laughs> <follow>. <laughs> Record so. until we hit 69 again, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, I think we're done. 3.13am, eh? 3.13am, <sighs> waking up in... The yeah. Meal. Whoever says podcasting isn't work, right? Oh, <sighs> seriously. Our blood and sweat is going into this Blood right and now. soil, nationalism. <laughs> Populism, because <laughs> Populism. the centre isn't popular. Thanks, everybody. Or, Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. To, I forgot we were recording. <laughs> see, see you later, listeners of Real Politic. Thank you for bearing with us in, in this uh, long, strange trip. Give us money. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, donate to Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash realpolitik one word and thanks to everyone who already is we, we we hate you thank you yeah apart from you you little fucking snakes who unsubscribe <laughs> fuck you <laughs> fuck but thanks to whoever rectified the situation while oh, we yeah, were re- recording yeah still not back to 70 though <laughs> but uh, that's good we're at 69 we're good i wouldn't mind <laughs> more money more more yeah I want more. I want to conquer the world. Raise the price to $10 a month. Give us all your money. What I'm doing is I'm just poking holes in my voodoo dolls of the three people who subscribed. I uh, unsubscribed. (laughs) Uh, not, Not the three new people who subscribed. No, not you. But yeah, you others. I know who you are. I don't actually know who you are. But I'm on to you. <laughs> With a combination of work and memory, you could probably work it out. <laughs> yeah, and I'll we tell, know I'll tell you, you why. I'll tell you why I'm on to you. Because you have milk. <laughs> See? Yeah. See how shit it would be if I retired the milk jokes? how the world would be worse off and I think that's a, that's that's probably a good place to leave it definitely <laughs>
morning, ladies and gentlemen. We've reached our cruising altitude of 34,000 feet. We expect it's tech. It's exciting. It's young people. It's crowdsourcing.